Hi, I'm Tina Desiree Berg, and welcome to The 34. Yeah. Yeah. 
this is my best friend. And, um, you know, for, for me, I think, I don't know if you guys heard my story, many of you who, who follow me on Twitter or see me talk about my personal story about the reason why this election and voting for Bernie Sanders is personal to me. My dad was 56 when he passed away, a heart disease, and he didn't have the proper health care to get the treatment that he needed. And I know that, you know, coming up in the future, to prevent that from happening to anyone else, we need to, we need to get it done. So what better person to do it than the Senator Bernie Sanders himself? This person on it, on this shirt, um, this was his, his late wife who passed away almost a year ago. 26 years old. Um, so he's a widow, he's raised his two boys, his two boys are here, oh my, my two girls are here, so we single parents trying to do this thing together, so. So, most of you guys in here should know this last song I'm doing. Our Revolution, you guys know this, right? Yeah! Uh, if you haven't heard it, where, where, where have you been? Where have you been? No, I'm just kidding. So, this song is, this encompasses everything what's going on with this campus, right? It's our revolution, right? Yeah. Yes. Hands in the air! Hands in the air! It's our revolution! Every single day, every single day, we have to fight, right? Yes. We can't get content, we can't get down, we can't get mad because, you know, news organizations are not bringing it the way they should be, right? If you know this song, I want you guys to get up and get live with me. Stand up, Shay. Come on, y'all. Y'all got feet. Hey. Stand up. Come on. Let's get up. Stand up. Stand up. Hey. In case you don't know, the American people, the President of the United States,
Taking your profit off our youth, explore our poor. 54 years free, still waiting on equal pay. Welcome to America. Money, speech, corporations of people, one person, one vote. I see you pays for your ass. I'm no political chump. Want my vote, earn my vote. I see the charade, I know my history. They say incremental change is the way. Try living the day in my shoes, walking in my shoes. What about my picture? Good question. This is freedom, they say. Down to my tongue. Something's gotta change. Enough is enough. Shut up. It's the way it's always been. One day you'll see. Greed is good. No, no, no. Do you see me? Do you see me now? Myself. 
my name is Big Menso from the South Side of Chicago. So the neighborhood that I grew up in is called High Park. And uh, this is the neighborhood that Obama lives in. Um, this is also the neighborhood of the prestigious University of Chicago, where 40 years before my birth, the man that we came here for today was photographed chained up with reason that I stand here that I ride for Barney because that shows me where his heart is. Oftentimes I have so, so much trouble connecting to politicians because everything's political, you know? And Fred Hampton said politics is war without bloodshed. Fred Hampton! I feel that there's so much bloodthirst in politics and there's also so much posture and so many candidates that I see in this current race have platforms that they stand on and accolades that they flaunt that are recent and that are in the aim of political gain. You know, so I, I, I got a question when I look when I look at a candidate who is touting their military service and that was 2012, this is only 2019, I got a question, how what's your motivation? You know what I'm saying? Um, when I look at a candidate that in the 80s was pretending to be Native American, oh. and my mom really likes it. I was going off about it the other day when my mom came to visit me. And um, I'm just talking all the shit because I saw the card. And I'm like, yeah, she was pretending to be a Native American. She even wrote American Indian in handwriting for her bar exam. I'm going off for five minutes, my mom's like, No, but you're right. I got a picture with it. <laughs> but for real though, it's like, it's hard for me to believe that people are for us, for, for people like you and I, especially for people of color, um, when they have a, a history of exploiting people of color for yeah. personal gain. Yeah. Here today, know what it's like for uh, for your your struggles and, and and your trials and tribulations, especially in the space of race, to be co-opted and used as as a as a ticket to fame, you know, and that that that's hurtful and it lets you know that somebody's not a real ally. That's why I really I, I really focus on and give so much credence to that photograph that we keep talking about because that's far before there could have been presidential aspirations. Amen. That's just a good person. That's a good, that's a good person doing the right thing in trying times. And those are the times, those are the times that really, that's the true measure of a man or a woman. It's how you act under pressure like that. Especially on the south side of Chicago. Being from Chicago, I'm constantly dodging these, dodging these, uh, you know, just exploitative judgments of our city and the violence in our city being used as a scapegoat by the men in the White House, by the people on Fox News. Anything happens in America, Rob Emanuel, a piece of shit. Yeah. 
competition, his brother was on Entourage. And I fuck with this and Chase. Sorry, guys, I didn't mean to um, I really do, though. Shout out to that man. Chase is the man, but it's like, we're not electing Turtle for president. He may not be on. It's really good. We just stick to that. Um, yeah, man, you know the vibe of Chicago. Every, every time something happens, um, in, in the black community or, you know, we're talking about police brutality and we're tired of being beaten in the street like dogs. They point to Chicago and they say, look at Chicago. Right. As if we're, we're some poster child of the broken black male criminality. And it's all forgetting the situations that created this yeah. violence in Chicago. Not forgetting choosing to gloss over it. I feel like a pillar of American politics and understanding of how to keep this uber capitalism going has to be revisionist history. You know, God I remember being right. in school and we got a pizza party for Christopher Columbus, you know? That's twisted, you know what I mean? Because we all like pizza, you know what I mean? We don't trust you if you don't like pizza. So then you get associated, and it's the same thing with the violence in Chicago, man. It's like they, they like to gloss over the red line and they created these situations where black people couldn't move out of the hood. And we live in food deserts, you know? We have no trauma units, although we experience some of the highest rates of gun violence. And all these things I'm talking about, that's what Bernie talks about changing this nation. When he talks about transforming, you know, I think about, I think about mental health all the time. I think about my family's mental health, my own mental health, and I'm just dumbfounded by the idea that I can be depressed and anxious because I'm too broke to pay to someone to talk about being depressed and anxious. That's frustrating. When I mentioned the food deserts that we experience being on the train and you know people are feeding their kids flaming hot Cheetos and cheese for breakfast. Um, the, the infrastructure is, is not broken but it's stacked against us because in, in this particularly vicious brand of capitalism everything is for sale. A life is for sale. Children's lives are for sale. We are we were at the border not long ago and went into Tijuana and we're seeing the situation that's, that's, that's happening down there and you know there are actually children that because of the negligence of our nation and the, the messed up asylum process, these people are being, it's Haitian immigrants that are being forced to be in Tijuana for months to turn into years and there's mafia people offering to buy their children, you know what I'm saying? They're drinking dirty water. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna say too much more, but uh, on, on the topic of water, I wrote, I wrote a song some years ago um, about Flint, Michigan. Still, you know, it's crazy how something to be all in the media and there's all this outrage and the problem never gets fixed and right. we just move right. on. So I wanted to bring this right. back and put it open up with, with this verse. Color of a morning pee coming out of the sink. It's 2019, who would think 
Kids in America don't have clean water to drink. Like they cut the EBT, took them off for the link. I read a story about a woman with a daughter in Flint. She got lead poisoning from showers in the morning when the governor switched out the pipes to bring the water into the city river. Cause he said they can't afford to get clean water so the poor people get the shorter end of the stick. Ain't that some bullshit? Shorty thirsty, he just bought his four-fifth, it's lead in the water gun, he died from a full clip. Now they got toddlers drinking toxic waste, while the people responsible still ain't caught no case. I don't get it, man, I just ain't with it, man. Here they go, distracting you on Instagram, back again with the all-white media coverage. They do it over and over like remedial subjects. The people with the least always gotta pay the most. We the first to go when they deleting the budgets. Can a nigga get his basic human rights? Is that too much to ask? Should I say it more polite? And everybody broke, so we in the same boat. But would they let the boat sink if we was white? They got me shades of blue. That they were somehow more like a summer camp than a prison. So we imagine that world. My brother's here with me. Uh, we've just formed a new band called 93 Punks. And this is the first single we released from the album. It's called Camp America. Oh, man.
turn the music up in my mind a little bit. This song is called 16 Shots. I wrote this song. I wrote this some years ago after the murder of a young man named Laquan McDonald by a Chicago police officer. Thank you. 
All the way back to Emmett Till. All the way back to Emmett Till. Just jump off the bridge. You hurt everyone around you. You're impossible to love. I don't want. 
wish you'd live. I wish you were fucking dead. I wish you were never born. We would all be better for it. I don't love you. I don't like you. Like a fucking metaphor. Every song you ever done, you lie to everyone. And that's still to tell the truth. When that's something you never turn, you are fucking embarrassment. I tell you when. Singing out his blues. Wow, 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 wow. 
time I watch the news What the fuck I got to lose So I'm down to bleed if it means things improve Fools say all lives matter But it's black lies they refuse to include Rock to the polls, lock to the hood Trying to stop you from voting And stop you from voting The cops keep blowing and blowing Keep blacks rocking and cotton They want us to own it Sometimes I wake up and I look up in the sky Asking why I survived all the days I couldn't die Who am I in my place to contemplate suicide? In those times I try to remember This is about the residents of Northgate. And they were like, they never got open to like that. But people are realizing now that all over the country, working people can't afford a home. What can we do to bring the government to a place that helps people here? Looking at what the needs of the community are, 
and find ways to meet those needs locally. Locally owned companies would hire local people. They would invest their profits locally. They would serve on boards of nonprofits. Was very low. People were happy. People were doing good. The city of Burlington went from being very ordinary to being really the vibrant city that it is today. The idea that we we're starting on a path to try and transform the entire country. Real change is made by no Power is going to see nothing without a struggle. I don't think this revolution is going to happen overnight. But I do think it's important that in Burlington, Vermont, and in cities and towns all over this country, workers and people who are interested in true democracy begin talking about these ideas. There may be in Burlington, Vermont, where you'll strike a little bit of a spark that might spread around the country.
who don't want to see him become president of the United States. Yeah.
Why do we need the copies when we got the original? Come on.
Let me, let me thank DJ Shay. Let me thank Tony Tig and Philip Rivera. Let me thank Vic Benson. And let me thank Senator Nina Turner. Brothers and sisters, everybody sit down. You know, some politicians go to wealthy people's homes and they sit around in a fancy living room and people contribute thousands and thousands of dollars and they walk out of that event with a few hundred thousand bucks or whatever. We don't do that. And it makes me feel so good to be in a room with all of you. We love you! Thank you! Because to me, an $18 check or a $27 check from a working person is worth more than all the money in the world for millionaires. fact that as of this moment we have received over two million individual contributions. And I think the last number that I heard we we're averaging about $19 a piece. And if you look, the they have you gotta when people make a contribution, they gotta say where they work and stuff. And our major profession are teachers. Yeah. And we have a whole lot of donations coming from Walmart workers. Yeah. And Amazon workers and Target workers. The people who are making you know, 12, 15 bucks an hour. And I just want to say how much I appreciate that. <laughs> now we are, as all of you know, in the midst of a great struggle. Yep. And that struggle will determine the future of our country and what determines the future of our country determines the future of the world. That's really what we are playing for. Yep. And not only the political future of the world in terms of climate change, we are literally it is a life and death issue for the future of this planet and what kind of planet we leave to our kids and our grandchildren. That's what we're playing for. And when we talk about a political revolution, that's not just rhetoric. That's what we believe. That's yeah. what gets the media very nervous. That's what gets history very nervous. You know why? Because we mean it. And what a political revolution means is two basic principles. Number one, it is an agenda that speaks to the needs of working families and not just the 1%. And I think you all know what that agenda is and because of your support here in California and all over this country, 
That agenda, which four years ago seemed radical and extreme, is now mainstream. And I think, I may be wrong on this, I think it was Nelson Mandela who said, an idea is impossible until it happens. And that's what our movement is about, is that we are trying and will make ideas that seem impossible real and make them real in the short term. And that means we have got to rethink politics in America. We have got to rethink what is possible. All right? And the greatest impediment that we face is the limit of our own imaginations. So if we were a poor nation, we would say, well, you know, it's too bad we're a poor nation. We can't have health care for all people. We can't do this, we can't do that, we're poor. We are not poor. No. We're the wealthiest nation in the history of the world. Now, you're not going to hear this on TV. You're not going to see it in the papers very often. But the reality is that in the wealthiest nation in the history of the world, you got three people on top who own more wealth than the bottom half of America. That is a moral outrage. That is an economic outrage. And together, we're going to change that. Let me bore you for a moment with a few statistics. All right, you ready to go? You, hear, you heard a lot of exciting music. Let me calm it down. Right. I want you to think about this. This is what's going on to the working class in America. In the last 45 years, as all of you know, there has been an explosion in technology and worker productivity. Every worker in the audience producing a lot more than he or she did, the equivalent of he or she did 45 years ago. And yet, the average American worker today is making exactly the same in real inflation accounted for dollars than that worker made 45 years ago. So all of that increased productivity went to the people on top. And in the last 30 years, listen to this, the top 1% have seen a $21 billion increase in their wealth. The bottom 50%, bottom 50% have seen a $900 billion decline in their wealth. So we have seen a massive transfer of wealth from the working class and the middle class of this country to the top 1%. Today in America, Half of our people live paycheck to paycheck. Yep. You all know what that means. I grew up in a family that lived paycheck to paycheck. And that means your car breaks down, you're worried to death how you're going to fix that car because you got to get to work. If you don't get to work, you don't get a paycheck. You don't get a paycheck, you don't feed your kids. That's right. You're worried that somebody in the family may get sick and you run up a couple of thousand dollar 
hospital bill that we can't afford to pay. That is the reality of the American economy today. While the people on top are doing unbelievably well, while corporate profits are soaring, we got a half a million people tonight sleeping out on the streets. And in LA, San Francisco, and in Burlington, Vermont, got a hell of a lot of people paying 50, 60% of their limited incomes for housing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So what our job is, is to think big and not small. To demand that we have an economy and a government that works for all of us, not just the one percent. What does that mean? What does that mean in concrete terms? Like, this is not radical stuff. I know you know all the portrayers are radical and all that stuff. This is not radical stuff. Because much of what we are fighting for already exists in other countries around the world. All right? It means that we understand that if we love America, and I hear politicians talking about how much they love America. If you love America, you love the children in America. And you don't have the highest rate of childhood poverty of almost any major nation on earth. That's called loving America. If you love America, you understand that the years zero through four are the most significant years for intellectual and emotional development. So if you love America, you have high quality, universal, affordable childcare. From, from K to 12th grade is no longer good enough. We've got to make public colleges and universities tuition free. Does anyone here think that's a radical idea? It exists right now in Germany, exists right now throughout Scandinavia, Finland, Denmark, uh, Sweden, uh, Norway. It exists in many countries around the world. And you know what else? It used to exist in the United States of America. That's right. 50, 60 years ago, you had great public universities here in California, in New York City, that were virtually tuition free. That's right. So if we could do it 50 or 60 years ago, please don't tell me. We cannot do it today. Yes. And there's something else yeah. we've got to do, you know? Thank you. When Wall Street and the billionaire class come to Congress, they say, we need tax breaks. Bail us out. Oh. Fuck them. 
So after the crooks on Wall Street, did I say crooks? Yeah, I said crooks. After they nearly destroyed the economy and the lives of so many millions of people, lost their jobs, their homes, and their life savings, these billionaires on Wall Street who love rugged individualism. Oh, they love free enterprise capitalism. Except when they need some help from the federal government. So these rugged individualists, you know, reminds me of what Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. used to say, he said, we have socialism for the rich and rugged free enterprise for the poor. And these billionaires on Wall Street, after they destroyed the economy, they came begging to the Congress, oh, bail us out. They got 700 billion, and they got trillions of zero interest loans from the Fed. So it seems to me that if we could bail out Wall Street, if we could give under Trump a trillion and a half dollars in tax breaks, to the 1% in large profitable corporations. You know what we can do? We can cancel all student debt yeah. in America. Yeah. that I was here in California talking about four years ago. We're moving on, all right? Yeah. All over the country, good things are happening. Thank you. All right, let me give you another example of that. Four years ago, I came here and I said, you know, I think healthcare is a human right yeah. That's un-American, oh my God. Everybody loves the insurance industry. Oh, they're such good people, they're looking out for us. Uh, and we have worked with the nurses, we work with doctors, we work with many of you. And what is now happening is we have incredible momentum in the fight to have the United States do what every other major country on earth is doing, and that is Guaranteeing health care to every man, woman, and child. So Medicare to all Thank you, Bernie. And I am told by my critics, by you know, newspaper editorials, by everybody in the world, oh, you can't do this. This is just so disruptive of the system. I want you all to remember that way back in 1965 under LBJ as President, Democratic Congress, they passed Medicare, okay? That was a good thing. And what they said at that point is that we need to make sure that all the seniors, people over 65 years of age, are able to have health insurance that they desperately need. And in one year, one year after 1965, before they had all of the technology that we have today, they were able to enroll 19 million seniors in the Medicare program. All we are trying to do
do. This is not radical stuff. It's over a four-year period. It start off with making Medicare eligibility for people 50, what first year go down to 55. You know how many people there are in this country who are 60, 62, who can't wait to get Medicare, desperately need health care. First year, we take it from 65 down to 55. Second year, now to 45. Third year, now to 35. Fourth year, we cover everybody. In 1965, the federal government had to create an entirely new program. What we are doing is taking a program which is effective, which is popular, and simply expanding it over a four-year period. And I believe what the American people increasingly understand is that the function of a rational healthcare system is to provide quality care to all of our people, not to allow insurance companies and drug companies to make tens of billions of dollars in profit. Just give you an example of how dysfunctional the current system is, how horrible it is. And that is, uh, in a couple of days, I'm gonna be going from Detroit, Michigan, to Windsor, Ontario. And I will be going with a group of folks uh, in Michigan who are dealing with diabetes, which is a growing problem in America. We're gonna go over the Canadian border, we're gonna go to a drugstore in Windsor in order to purchase insulin. We will pay in Canada one-tenth the price that yeah. these folks pay in the United States of America. And it's not just insulin. It is many, many other drugs where we are paying the highest prices in the world. Last year, pharmaceutical industry made 69 billion in profits and millions of Americans cannot afford the medicine they need. And some people are dying. Yeah. All right, we're not gonna let the drug companies kill people in America. The opposition to what we are trying to do, it's not just going to come from Trump and the Republicans, and even some Democrats. The real opposition will come from the drug companies and the insurance companies who will spend hundreds of millions of dollars to try to defeat us. Now some of you, some of you may recall, I was here in 2016. Working with the nurses and many of you trying to lower drug prices here in California. Listen to this. On that one ballot initiative, which was a moderate initiative, wasn't particularly radical. Yep. On that one initiative, in one state, the drug company spent $131 million. to get 54% of the vote. If they spent $131 million in one state on one ballot item, what do you think they're gonna spend all over this country 
when we fight for Medicare for all. So that's what, that is what the fight is about. And that's right, bring it on. certainly the modern history of America. What we are about is not just trying to win here in California. Of course, we want to do that. With your help, we are going to win here in California. Yeah. It is not just winning the Democratic nomination nationally. And with your help, we're going to do that as well. And it is not just as enormously important as it is for the future of our country, it is not just defeating the worst president in the history yeah. of this country, Mr. Trump. What we are about is more than that. What we are about is not just defeating Trump, it is transforming this country. that with all of the great ideas that are out there, the great speeches from everybody over the last 30, 40 years, we've all heard it. We've heard every idea imaginable. And yet at the end of the day, three people own more wealth than the bottom half of America. We are the only major country not to have health care. We pay the highest prices for prescription drugs. Half our people live living paycheck to paycheck. And the answer is we have got to finally ask ourselves, why is that? And the answer is, the answer is corporate greed. That is the answer. So I need your help. Not just, I need your help not just in winning the election. I will need your help the day after the inauguration. no other candidate will tell you. And that is no president, no matter how sincere he or she may be, can do it alone. No president alone can take on Wall Street and the insurance companies and the drug companies and the fossil fuel industry, which is destroying this planet. And the prison industrial complex and the military industrial complex. These people, these people have incredible power and they have unlimited sums of money, unlimited sums of money to buy elections, to buy politicians, to buy the media. They own the media, all right? So this is not easy, but if we are serious about saving this planet for our kids and our grandchildren, we are gonna stand up to the fossil fuel industry and we're gonna tell them that your short-term profits are not more important 
than the future of the world. And we stand up to the prison industrial complex and we tell them no more private prisons or detention centers in the We stand for comprehensive immigration reform and the end of the demonization of the undocumented. And we're going to tell all of those conservative Republican governors and politicians who tell us every day as conservatives they want to get the government off the backs of the people. They love small government. If you love small government, get the hell out of the way of women's rights to the court. monumental moment not only in American history but in world history. What we have is a president who is not just a racist and a sexist and a homophobe and a xenophobe and a religious bigot. He's even worse than that. What he is trying to do, which no president in modern history has really done to the degree that he has, what he is trying to do is divide our people up very intentionally, very consciously, based on the color of our skin, based on where we were born, based on our sexual orientation, based on our religion. It's not good, that's what demagogues always do. They go after minorities, they divide people up, and they deflect attention from the fact that they end up representing the wealthy and the powerful. All right, and our job together is to do exactly the opposite. Right. And why Trump will lose and why we will win is we are gonna bring people together, black yeah. and white and Latino. They cannot and will not have it all. That's a tough fight. This is a tough fight because these people are incredibly greedy. They make billions of dollars a year and then they want to cut Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and nutrition programs for the children. But at the end of the day, the 1% at the end of the day, the 1% may have a whole lot of money and a whole lot of power, but the 1% is 1%. Yeah. And we are the 99%. very 
very well in Iowa. I think we're going to win Iowa. I think we're going to do it a lot better than people think in South Carolina, and I think we can win the battle. And then we come here to California. And we can win here in California with your help. Yes! I think we got a straight path to victory in this country. And then together, then together, we are going to have the historical opportunity of ending the tenure of the most dangerous president in the history of the Brothers and sisters, let me thank you so much for your support. We're in this together. We are in this together. So let us go forward. Let us win this election. Let us transform this nation and create an America that you and I know we can become. Thank you all very much. Get you on stage, and everyone will get a picture. The line forms in the back of the theater over there. Okay, everybody? Oh my God, that's crazy.